Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Chronicle sports writer Rusty Simmons, who's been vital to our coverage all season. During our conversation, we broke down the Warriors' season-ending loss to the Grizzlies and looked ahead to a critical offseason. Rusty, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It, it only felt fitting to have you on the last podcast of the season because you've been a mainstay with our coverage all season, helping lift some slack for me, uh, lifting my load. Uh, you've done great work on the beat all season. And uh, I had, a, I think we both felt like we were going to be covering the Warriors for at least another week or two. Um but here we are. Um, here we are on May 21st, and this season is over. Uh, the Warriors lost tonight um, their second game in the play-in tournament to the to the Grizzlies. Um, it was it was a heartbreaking one. Um, the Warriors were down big early, down 17 points in the in the second quarter. Still down 10. Uh, you know midway through the fourth, came all the way back, had a 14-4 run to force overtime, and then just couldn't make the stops when it mattered most down the stretch. And and we're left coming to terms with the fact that they they won't get the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And uh, they're lottery bound for the second straight season. Given where this team was just, you know, a week ago, you know, I, they were playing the best basketball of anyone in the league it's 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 hard to wrap your mind around the fact that they're not playing anymore it is yeah and i'm i'm going back and forth and maybe maybe you're feeling similarly that um it's obviously a herculean effort what eight guys were trying to do for the last six weeks um but they were doing it they were playing the best basketball in the league and i think it just caught up to them i think at some point you're just exhausted and they weren't very good in the fourth quarter against the Lakers a couple of nights ago in the seven, eight game. And then tonight you start seeing them rally and take this thing into overtime after being down 17. And I thought, Oh my goodness, they, they just have more life than any eight players in the league. Um, but I think it just caught up to them that all of the great defense that we've seen um, over the last month and a half was just out the window down the stretch. And, um, other than Jordan Poole, who can make some shots, the legs were gone on everything that everybody was doing. Um, I hate blaming things on being tired. I hate blaming things on fatigue and travel, but I think these guys were just exhausted by the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a fun ride while it lasted, but I think we all knew that it had an end date. It had an expiration date because, you know, when you have eight guys and not just eight guys, but eight undersized guys, um, it's going to take a toll, especially once you get into the higher stakes of the postseason. And, you know, these games feel like two packed into one because there's just so much emotion that goes into it. There's so much effort exerted. It's unreal. And, you know, the, the unfortunate thing for the Warriors is as phenomenal as they were over the final 20 games of the season, it feels like they were undone by some of the same mistakes that defined the first part of their season, the first four plus months of their season. Um, Turnovers, once again, were just unbelievably detrimental to what this team was trying to accomplish tonight. Over these two playing tournament games against the Lakers and the Grizzlies, the Warriors committed a combined 41 
turnovers. And a lot of those were unforced. A lot of those were downright silly turnovers. It, it, it felt tonight like they were the wildest we've seen them. There were stretches early in this game where they were just kind of throwing the ball around. And, you know, that can be – you can blame a lot of things for that. You can say maybe they're overly excited. Maybe they're just not focused. Steve later blamed it on just the fact that they're tired, The what we just talked about, the fatigue. You know, when you're emotionally and physically exhausted, it's hard to have the same precision in what you're doing. And so you're going to make bad reads. You're going to make bad passes. And, and Steph and Draymond, who have been – obviously the heart and soul of everything the Warriors have done this season were a big part of that. You know, they had great games, you know, overall, if you look at the final stat line, but they also did combine for 13 of the Warriors 21 turnovers. Um, And so it was, uh, it was in some ways, I think kind of a fitting end given where they were the majority of the regular season. But even though we all know, this isn't a team that would have been able to beat Utah in a best of seven series in the first round. It would have been fun to at least see it. You know, it would have been especially fun if they could have gone out and beaten the Lakers on Wednesday and moved on to a first round matchup against the Suns. So I honestly think they could have had an outside chance against, um, you know, they probably would have been too tired to really pull that one out, but I think they could have given them at least a scare once they lost that game on Wednesday to the Lakers and you knew the matchup would potentially be the Jazz, I don't think anyone realistically thought they'd have a chance against the Jazz. But it still would have been fun to just see them there because it almost felt like after everything they accomplished at the end of the regular season, they at least owed it to themselves and to the fan base to be in the playoffs because there's just there's just a respect factor and a pride factor that goes into – being able to say that you're in the playoffs and you don't have to face the lottery for a second straight year. Yeah, I would, I would have, I'm right there with you. I would have enjoyed covering either one of those series against the Suns or Utah. Um, You're probably right. They probably didn't have a chance to win either one, but I would have liked to watch it. If they could have sneaked out one on the road in either one of those series and then gone back home, I think they were up to 7,500 fans tonight. Maybe it would have been 10,000 by the playoffs um, especially with the new vaccinated sections, it, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. And I, I think this group as a whole has made adjustments pretty well. And until, like you mentioned, the turnovers the last two games, um, they were taking care of the ball. They were doing the right things. Uh, they're reading and reacting correctly. And Stephen Curry is going to be the best player in every series that they play in. So that gives them a chance. I, I would have loved to watch it. Yeah, but. You know, it's it sounds weird to say, but and I, I didn't really think about this until the game was over. But there's actually some really big silver linings that come from this loss. And when you when you really think about some of the silver linings, you almost actually wonder, is it a good thing that they lost this game? Um, because with this loss, they now are in the lottery with their own pick. They we already know they have the top three protected. Uh, 2021 pick from Minnesota and Minnesota finished with the sixth worst record in the league, which means that the Warriors have over a 70% chance of that pick conveying to them um, in the four to 10 range. And they have four to nine range and they have a uh, over 50% chance of getting the seventh or eighth pick. And what's considered a really strong 
draft. But now, thanks to tonight's loss, they can add another lottery pick, a, the 14th pick in the draft, a late lottery, uh, potentially 14th pick. It's on, on track to be that. But they actually even have like a 2% chance of sneaking into the top four in, in a draft where there's like five, uh, there's five stud prospects who could be franchise difference makers as rookies and potential perennial all-stars. So yeah, it's 2%, but at least they have a chance. And, uh, you know, to have two lottery picks in a, in a pretty loaded draft, those are really nice assets that maybe you can pair to, to maybe even move up in the draft and get someone like a, a Jalen Suggs or, or a Jalen Green, or maybe you package those with someone like James Wiseman for an all-star caliber player or, you know, uh, a franchise caliber player to pair alongside Draymond and Steph. I mean, it gives them more options. And so if, if they had won Wednesday, they'd be looking at probably like the 17th pick. And that's, you know, that doesn't have the same type of luster or, or upside as, as a late lottery pick. And so I think there's something to be said for that. Um, if you're kind of trying to look for the glass half full, um, and the truth is, it's like, yes, it'd be nice to get in the playoffs, but does it really matter? I mean, does a first round exit to the jazz really matter that much? Um, I think that they kind of got what they needed already out of this season. I think that even though they lost the final two games in the play-in tournament and the season is over, I think they can still enter the offseason with their heads held high, feeling good about how they finished the regular season. And it's something that they can build off of. I mean, there were a lot of really positive takeaways from that stretch run um, that are going, that they're going to be able to build upon next season. Um, Jordan Poole looks like a legitimate six man caliber player. You know, he's come into his own. He's only 21 years old. He's looking like a big piece of this franchise's future, a potential sixth or seventh man who can provide a scoring punch off the bench that checks off a major box for the Warriors this off season. Juan Descano Anderson, um, a guy who was cut right before the season signed a two-way deal was barely in the league is now looking like a franchise building block and, you know, a, a top seven rotation guy for a championship contending caliber team. Like he's been that amazing on both sides of the ball to warrant that. And then, you, know, you add in the fact that Steph and Draymond continue to push the limits of their prime and don't seem to be, uh, you know, on the decline in any way, shape, or form. And then you're getting Clay Thompson back. Um, you know, you add all those things to what we talked about earlier with the with the the lottery picks and the assets, and this team's in decent shape. Yeah, I was going to jump on you at the beginning of that thought that not making the playoffs um, is better than, than making the playoffs because they get the 14th pick and a 2% chance of moving up. But um, I think you're probably actually right. Um, the assets of 14 and seven or whatever it ends up being um, are probably better than making the playoffs. When you consider the only guys that matter for the Warriors, Stephen Curry and Draymond Green have been there plenty. And then, the only other ones who need playoff experience are Jordan Poole and JTA, right? It's not like it's not like a really young team with a bunch of young guys who are going to be around forever who are just trying to get that experience. They're going to a first-round playoff series to 
to get experience for only a couple of guys who are going to be part of their franchise, right? So I think you're probably right. I think it is actually more important to have these picks and, and to see what they're, see what they're worth. Um, you can shop them around. You can ask people what they think, or you can make selections and start building your team that way. It, it, it leaves you way more options. If you have these two picks, you have them in your pocket and, and you can start working. Yeah. And you know, so many things have yet to, to come down the pipeline. So many things will change between now and July when, when those picks will be made, or even now in June, when, when we learn the, order of the, the draft lottery. lottery but um i i feel confident right now that they're probably not going to make both of those picks i think i think that this the end of this season the way steph played you know taking his game to a whole other level delivering one of the greatest statistical seasons of modern nba history rivaling his unanimous mvp season at age 33 I think it reinforced that they need the Warriors need to go all in on maximizing the rest of Steph, and for that matter, Steph and Draymond's prime, um, and Clay Thompson for that matter. Um, and I think they need to pull a rabbit out of the hat. I think they need to take a big swing this offseason. I know our columnist Bruce Jenkins has written uh, in his column. He disagrees with me about that. He thinks uh, the Warriors should be patient and, you know, start looking already toward uh, 2023, uh, 24, uh, or sorry, 2022, 23, um, the following season after this next season when James Wiseman has another year under his belt and is fully healed from that knee injury and, you know, pulls a year older and, and all these things. And I respectfully disagree with Bruce on that. Um, I don't think you can wait a year uh, when you're talking about, you know, three future Hall of Famers who are in their 30s now. Like, I don't I don't think – a year is a long time when you're talking about, uh, you know, what's left of these guys' prime. And so I think, I think they need to strike while the iron's hot and do everything in their power to capitalize on these assets because these are two big assets. They, they might not have, you know, they might not have anything like that for years to come, and I think they need to make the most of it. I lean your way, Connor, but – I think there is one little sideline where you can both be right. I think they can take a big swing that helps them now. Like if they end up with, let's just say it's seven and 14 and they talk somebody into letting them move up to three to get Jalen Suggs. Um, I think that's a guy, I know he's a freshman, but I think that's a guy who helps right away and can help be that bridge to the future of the Warriors organization. Yeah. Um, if, if you have seven and 14 and you're shopping that with Wiseman and uh, an absorbent contract, whether that's Ubre on a sign and trade or Wiggins, and you shop that around and you can't get an all-star back, another option is just taking those two picks and finding somebody who lets you move up to get somebody who can help you right now and help with the future. So maybe you're both right. That, that yes, now is the time to swing big. As we know from Joe Lacob's track record, he's going after every big name there is. I don't know how he feels about any of the draft picks, but I know how he feels about guys who are in the league. And if there's any all-star that's available, he's going after. We'll have more of my conversation with Rusty Simmons right after the break. What do you think it would take to get, if, if Washington gets bumped here quickly in the first round, what do you think it would take to get Bradley Beal? 
Well, first of all, I, I just I'm not convinced that the Wizards are gonna, even if they get bumped in the first round, be willing to to part with him. I mean, he he said that he wants to stay there. They've said they want to keep him. And they were honestly one of the most impressive teams in the league in the second half of the season. Yep. They were completely decimated by the coronavirus uh, and had the worst record in the league for a while. And then, you know, now are in the playoffs. It's an incredible story. So I don't, I don't see that happening hypothetically. If something like that did happen, it would take the whole kitchen caboodle. It would take everything. It would take, uh, you know, I think it would take Andrew Wiggins, uh, the top three protected pick from Minnesota, the Warriors' late lottery pick, um, and and James Wiseman. Yeah, I think it would take all of that. I think all of that would pr- either be enough or be close to enough. But if if the Wizards are willing to part with him, but I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's then a lot. That, and Andrew Wiggins is you, a really good player. As does that make you that much better? If you have to get rid of Andrew Wiggins to make, and I, I hate to say this, but I actually think that at least in the near term, not long term, but near term, right, right, I think trading Wiseman would be addition by subtraction because it's not a coincidence that they figured things out and turned the season around right when he got injured. That is right. not a coincidence because they struggled mightily over the first first four plus months of the season figuring out how to juggle his development with trying to win now. And it just, it's not doable. That, as we've learned in the NBA, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't do both things. And so uh, once he got injured and they were forced to lean into the types of lineups that are their best lineups, you know, the small ball lineups with a heavy dose of Jordan Poole and, and Juan Descano Anderson, and even some Michael Mulder thrown in there and Kim Bazemore. Um, and then on top of that, Kelly Oubre being out, who, in my opinion, is also not a great fit for this system. It ended up simplifying things for Steve and being actually a good thing for the Warriors. And so I think I think that that was super telling. And I think the Warriors really need to think about that. You know, like, um, I don't think that Kelly Oubre should be in this team's long-term plans beyond simply maybe being try, trying to be used as a trade ship. Maybe you try to orchestrate a sign and trade with him, but I don't think he should really be on your roster next season, especially at what he's going to be getting paid, which is around 20 mil a year, 15 to 20 mil a year. He, he, he's, he hasn't proven that he serves winning, at least for the Warriors. Uh, and then James Wiseman, look, the guy we've talked about it a million times. He's 20 years old. He, he had 69 minutes of college. He didn't have summer league. Like, yes, that's all true. But it, I can't get over the fact that I just don't think he's a good fit. Even the best version of James Wiseman is a good fit alongside Stephen Draymond because he's not a passing big. They need a passing big. Like they, they need their starting center to be someone who sees the floor and has a good feel for the game. And I'm just not confident that James is ever going to suddenly get a great feel for the game. That was my biggest concern with him this season is, Look, we all know how hard of a worker he is. We all know like how diligent he is in film study. But if you're still going out there months in and and don't have, you know, don't seem to like be picking up the nuances of the game, that to me makes me question your feel for the game. And I don't think that you suddenly develop that. I don't, I don't think that that's something that just 
that you just get overnight or over the course of an offseason. And it obviously doesn't help that he's going to miss his entire offseason. So I think that's the biggest question mark I have for the Warriors this offseason. What do you do with James Wiseman? Because yeah, and that, that, you hit on exactly what I was going to say is that um, I, nobody's going to give up on a seven foot, 20 year old, right? But you're right. He's missing another offseason. So any of the nuance, any of the little details that he was supposed to be picked up, it's another offseason where he gets no chance to do that. But if you're the Warriors, you have to look at the top of the West. And sure, this was a 72-game season played with all kinds of COVID protocol, but the season is what it is. Utah has Rudy Gobert. Phoenix has DeAndre Ayton. Denver has Nikola Jokic. The Lakers are going to beat somebody in the first round, and they have Anthony Davis. You need a big man. And the Warriors have to be thinking about that. Do they think it's James Wiseman? I don't know. But if if they don't, it's really hard to find those guys. You know who's a really good big man? Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kevon Looney is a really good starting center for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. He he was he was to me actually one of the biggest revelations of the season because we we forget now, but we were questioning whether he could continue to be an NBA player at the end of last season. But I mean, don't you just don't you just assume he'll have another surgery this offseason? <laughs> I mean, he looked pretty darn spry over the past six weeks, and he was playing 30-plus minutes a night. Like, you don't want to keep playing him 30-plus minutes a night. There's a lot of wear on those tires. But but that's my point. Between he, Looney and Draymond Green. better center for this team than, than Wiseman is. Absolutely. But between Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, no matter how talented they are and no matter what the plus-minus is, like at some point you have to have a center. Do you, though? So I don't know. It doesn't have to. I think in the West you do. If you if you name Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Aiden and Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis, you probably want somebody to match up with those two. It honestly could be as simple as because like, they're all they're all playing thirty five minutes. It could be as simple as just like getting an Alex Lynn type, you know, like a seven uh, yeah. backup big. It doesn't you know have to be a big move. That's perfectly fine. Hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, an addition. They played the Warriors played with five and six centers rotating for years. I don't have a problem with that, but they do need to upgrade the spot. Yeah, no, I agree, but I don't think that that is necessarily their biggest priority. The bottom line is they need to go into next season with, I want to say nine or 10 guys that they would feel comfortable playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs. I think right now, in terms of the guys who are going to be back next season, you have six or seven, seven. I'm not, I'm not ready to to throw to, to include uh, Michael Mulder in that mix, even though yeah, he did six. play meaningful minutes in the playing tournament and was decent. Um, I don't think he's proven enough to warrant that title. Uh, but, you know, obviously you have the core guys in Clay Thompson, Steph, Draymond, uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins obviously needs to be in there. Jordan Poole, um, Juan Descano Anderson, that's six. Yep. And then beyond that, Kevon Looney, so that's seven. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. Damian Lee's a question mark. Kate Bazemore's a question mark. But think about your, what you're saying. Is a question mark. You're saying seven if Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Clay Thompson are healthy. Yes. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Not yeah. a good spot. <laughs> yeah, but I you got seven players. But if you think about it, with, in a more with old injuries, a few of the a few of those guys that are guys that as of not just a year ago, as of a couple months ago, you weren't confident could be that. And I think That's you feel right. confident and about now, which is a huge revelation and really important. Yeah. Jordan Poole has proven he's a key part of this franchise's future. Juan Scott Anderson, same thing. Kwan yep. Lin has eased the, some a lot of the concerns about his health issues. You know, those those answers are huge. Um, and I think give the Warriors at least a chance to evolve back into contention, but I still think that they're a big move or two away. Um, I think yeah. that. Yeah. If those, if those three so. guys, if those three guys are your sixth, seventh and eighth men last year, next year, you're definitely not contending. Yeah. You might, you might be a middling playoff team. A lot of people are understandably super high on poor right now. And look, we just yeah, saw people come out in a, in an elimination game and scores an, an efficient 19 points off the bench and, and hit some really critical sh- shots down the stretch to give them a chance when it mattered most. And so I have no, and that, I have no doubt that, this to me was a statement game built on several recent statement games for him. So yes, I believe in him now. I believe in him. I believe he can be a guy who you depend on in games that matter. But do I want to go into next season with him as my sixth man? No, I do not. I think he needs a little bit more of a track record before I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, my stock couldn't be higher on pool. I love Looney. I love the way he plays. I love what he does. I love how he's always in the right place. I think Juan Toscano-Anderson can be a closer on a good team. Um, I, I love those three guys, but if you just look at the breadth of the league, if those three guys are your sixth, seventh, and eight guys, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Utah team that they would potentially be facing in the first round if they had one tonight. And what makes Utah scary is their depth. I mean, yeah, they have some go to guys. Don Mitchell's a great player, Rudy Gobert's the elite defensive player but what really makes them scary is they just have no holes in their roster you know like they they have really nice complimentary guys and Bogdan Bogdanovich and um Clark uh Clarkson who is probably going to be six man of the year uh Ingles who is also a six man of the year candidate I mean they have just so many guys and that's what the Warriors used to be, you know, when they had yep. the Andre Godalas and the Sean Livingstons and even, you know, like the Leander Barbosas of the world, you know, like that's what they used to be. And, uh, and you're seeing now how special that was. And look, like, like you said, you know, there's definitely some positives, but um, I, I am going to be so intrigued to see what Bob Myers pulls out of his hat this summer because it's an incredibly pivotal, important offseason for him, for the organization. This is a franchise that's lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of the pandemic. It has the biggest payroll in NBA history. There's even even with some some relief from the league, they're they're looking at a massive luxury tax bill. They have no path to to add like a big name player in free agency. So they gotta get creative, you know, they gotta they gotta orchestrate 
a sign and trade with with Ubre or like you know put together a package for a Bradley Beal type that they got to they got to do what whatever they got to do because Steph and Draymond and Clay deserve it. And this is going to happen. They, this is going to happen anyway, but but to add to your offseason stories, they also need to get Stephen Curry to resign. Like, like this has gone cool. on long enough, right? Like Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about that though. I'm not worried about that though. That's going to happen. Is, no, nobody is worried about it until he leaves. I mean, are you actually worried about Steph Curry leaving? I mean, he hasn't signed it, and it's pretty simple to sign it. The numbers are the numbers. They're not changing. That's a take I wasn't expecting tonight. <laughs> Could Steph Curry be leaving the Warriors? Uh, yeah. I uh, I really am not concerned about that, um, honestly. I'm not. Uh, why, I, do, why do you think he hasn't signed? I mean, the like I said, the numbers aren't changing. I think that Steph, and you know this, Steph doesn't like to do a lot of things in season. In season, he likes yeah. to focus on the season, yeah. and I honestly think that's going to be wrapped up here the next couple of weeks. Yeah, not I'm not that concerned about it. He's made it very clear that he wants to stick around long term, and and I, he we have no reason to believe he he's not a man of his word, and he's not going to fall through on that. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Um, but, you know, hopefully this discussion for all you Warriors fans out there who are listening to this and having a hard time getting over what was a really painful end of the season. I mean, you're you're uh, you're up 13 and a half against the Lakers. You lose that game, uh, give up like an iconic 34 foot shot in the final minute to LeBron to lose that to lose that game on the road. Then you come home to play a Grizzlies team that you had beaten six days earlier in a critical regular season finale. You dig a 17 point hole in the first half. You come all the way back. You dig a 10 point hole in the final four minutes. You come all the way back. You make, you make it to an overtime and you still lose. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal, but there's better days ahead. I honestly think it's a wash when you really weigh out the pluses and minuses of, of of this loss. I mean, I would almost rather have that late lottery pick over a four or five game exit in the first round of the Jazz because they weren't going to win more than one, maybe two games against the Jazz. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think you, I think you got a right point there, and especially because the guys that matter have played and. I don't think there's anything that we've seen from Jordan Poole or JTA that say they aren't, they aren't ready already for postseason play, right? So what would they have gotten out of it? Yeah. Rusty, thank you so much for, for joining me, man. You were, you've been amazing all season. Um, you know, it's it's been a wild ride. And, uh, you know, I, I always ask you to, to say how to follow, find your stuff. At this point, everyone knows. Read the Chronicle. Read SF Chronicle. Read me. Read – Rusty, read Ann Killian, read Bruce Jenkins, read Scott Osler. We've been uh, trying to do our thing. We're trying to give you guys the best uh, insight and analysis on this team, the most in-depth features. Thank you for your your readership, and uh, thank you for your ears and your 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 page views all season. It's meant a lot. I I know you know we, Rusty and I wouldn't be doing this without you guys. Our thanks to Rusty Simmons for joining me on the podcast. Always appreciate his insight on the Warriors. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. 
Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com/pod. 